Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this show, I share with you the knowledge, tips, and strategies that you need to lose weight, get healthy, and prevent chronic disease. And today's episode is so special because you get to meet Kim, and she is one of my clients and course members, and she's made awesome weight loss progress. She's now in her weight maintenance phase, and I think that you're going to relate to her story a lot, especially if you're a woman in her 50s or 60s, you've lost the same 20 pounds many times, you've tried all of the different diets like Weight Watchers or meal replacements, um, and you lose the weight and then it comes right back on and you just get fed up and you want to learn how to live a healthy lifestyle. And we dive into specifics about how we did it, you know, what we actually did to help her lose the weight and what we're doing in her maintenance phase to keep it off. So without further ado, here's Kim. Kim, thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast interview. I'm so excited to share your story with my audience. I know that they're just going to resonate with it and fall in love with you and be so inspired by your journey and your progress and your dedication to your health. So before we dive in, can you please first off, just share with everyone listening a little bit more about yourself, like how old you are, what you did for a living, what you like to do now? Sure. So, and thanks, Morgan. So I am 61 years old. I'm a retired educator. I was an educator for 32 years in the way of a teacher, a principal, and a central office worker. I'm married and I have two grown children, a son and a daughter. And my retirement life has been a journey, which is part of my personality. I like to stay busy and I also like to um, serve. So it's really important to me that I get out and make a difference in the community. So um, one of the things that you're going to hear me refer to in this had a huge impact on me with my success in this program is both of my parents died at what I consider to be a really young age. My dad at 58 and my mom at 64. So when I was started to retire, Um, I was outside more, I was learning the value of moving my body, having those choices, and as I rounded the 60-year-old mark, I realized that I was the only one that could change the way that I um, lived the rest of my life, and I was on a crash course the same um, way my parents were, and um, so it was really important to me to make a change. So I'm kind of a science geek, and the fact that you provided the uh, what's happening in the body and the, the what all of our eating and our food does to us when we eat made a huge difference for me. And I'll talk a little bit about that um, as, as we go through, because that, that was pretty influential to me. Um, and then lastly, I want everybody that's listening to understand that this has been a journey for me. I have made a gazillion mistakes and I probably will continue that pattern as I uh, tromp through maintenance and try to make this the way I live the rest of my life. But know that it's a day by day. I learn every day. Um, I'm hoping to share some things that brought me back to why I kept keeping on with this. And um, if you even learned one tiny little thing from this podcast, then we've done our job. So um, I, I just hope to share that uh, uh, what my experience brings isn't pure. It, it's been a lot of ups and downs. So, 
and you've definitely put a lot of thought and heart into this. And I have always, when we were doing our coaching calls, I always wanted to record them because they were always so full of great little nuggets of wisdom. And I'm excited to get into those. But so just to give our listeners a little behind the scenes, Kim and I put together an outline. And so we have various questions prepared. So I'm going to go ahead and read our first question, which is so many people struggle to take the first step towards lasting and sustainable lifestyle changes. They're just looking for a quick fix. And you told me once that you used to feel like it doesn't matter and I don't care. And I think that there's probably a lot of people stuck in that stage, even if they know they need to make some changes and get healthy, you know, they just cannot convince themselves that it really matters and that they should care. So what was it that helped you find that motivation to start taking regular and consistent action to improve your, to improve your health? Well, and the history behind this with me is I would jump into something full force and then within a week I would find, ah, I'm tired. It doesn't yes. matter. <laughs> I don't care. And then just revert back to the way I always did things. So um, when I rounded 60, I realized that I was really close to the age that my parents died. And again, that I needed to do something different. So I had a little self-talk with myself of what is the number one thing that could help me in those years to come that I could really live longer than my parents, have a different trajectory than my parents did, and um, really change some things that are given to me that I don't want to be given to me. So I was watching uh, your Facebook from afar, determined that I did not want to do another diet. Um, And I was really looking for something that could help me not go through what my parents went through because they died so early. So I began to realize it was the chronic disease that I was after finding a way to live different than they did and have a better outcome. So I had a little self-talk last at the end of the summer and decided that that number one thing is to get healthy. I didn't even know what get healthy was for me. Um, So I had to really dig deep down inside of what that looked like. And I knew that um, it wasn't just to go on a diet. It had to be bigger than that and different than that. And so I really began to get interested in the why um, this program has the science behind it. And that was really important to me, learning what we do when we eat, learning how it works, that kind of thing. So that information that you provided was really um, kind of the key to me to um, uh, signing on, if you will, and, and really in my head beginning to know that it had to be different than anything I've ever done. And it had to be um, scientifically proven. So I was all about the research behind it. Yeah, I am too. (laughs) I know that there's a lot of stuff out there that claims that you can lose weight fast. And I just have to tell people all the time, the slower you lose the weight, the better, like it is okay to go slow and steady here. So I know when you first started working with me that you said you were already trying to eat well and that you exercised every day, but you wanted to learn how to lose that last little bit of weight and be sure that you were doing everything that you could to age well, and again, prevent that chronic disease and live longer than your parents did. So can you tell me a little bit more about your history with your weight? 
So I'm a pretty active person and I always have been. I love, I'm an outside girl. I love to be outside. I love to be in nature. I love to be, uh, whether it's hiking, walking, whatever. Um, I wouldn't call myself an athlete by any stretch of the means. So um, to say that I was in all these sports <laughs> programs and everything is not me, not me at all. So um, as a family, the history behind this is um, I worked long, long hours and th that the long hours really kept me from enjoying my freedom outside and the moving of my body. And that just became a really bad crutch that I leaned on was I was too busy to do this or whatever. So um, we looked for fast meals. We looked for a lot of processed food, that kind of thing, which caused a lot of weight gain. So I lived on M&Ms during the day. Um, and uh, then when I retired, I did get to go outside again. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize how good that felt and how much that was good for my even psyche to get outside, breathe the air, move, that kind of thing. So as I began to work with your program, I started to realize how much of that was necessary and how I needed to move through that. So I've always struggled with my weight. Um, I had a terrible mindset, and I think you mentioned it earlier when you said, I landed on, um, I don't care, and it doesn't matter. So I had to come up with the science behind it, which um, told me it, it kind of does matter. And it didn't matter really what I thought. This is what was going on. And um, I, again, kept um, thinking about my parents through all of this. So I know you, you've mentioned them in the past that you really – ate a lot of sugar. You lived off of M&Ms during the day. You kind of sought refuge in the sweets and you tried every diet known yes. to mankind. So can you give us a little bit of diet history for, for like, like what I tried? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I tried, uh, Weight Watchers. I tried, um, I can't even think of all the names <laughs> of them. The one where you order the food, um, and then the food comes and then I would try all my own concoctions of, um, you know, this week I'm going to do this or this week I'm going to do this. And I knew deep down inside that I really needed to lose weight. Um, and I knew I would feel better with it. I just didn't understand too much more than that. Yeah. You know? and, and you had a lot of the pieces to the puzzle. You know, I feel like a lot of people are like, I know what to do. And I'm like, you probably have some pieces, but you don't have all the pieces and you don't have a framework to fit them in to help right. it actually make sense. So I think that you really took to that really well yeah. during our time working together. But I want to kind of take you back to the beginning of when we started working together. And can you talk about some frustrations that you were dealing with regarding your weight or your health and your mindset um, when we first started working together? Yeah. So when I started working with you, my motivation was finally at a different place than it had been all those years before. And again, it had to do with me having that come Jesus talk that I did um, at the end of the summer and kind of watching on Facebook what the difference was with Reshape PT. Um, I definitely didn't want another diet because I knew that I, I would have that. It doesn't matter. I don't care. And I would, um, end up the same place as I did in all of them. So, um, I knew that if I convinced myself that this is what, um, I needed to do that I would be at peace for years to come. So I really wanted to learn a different way to eat and a different way to, 
um, live. So that was important to me. So, yeah. And I think you, you mentioned before, just not worrying about it, like yes. getting that baseline so that you don't have to worry about it. You just yeah. you know what to do and that's your lifestyle. Every week I would try something new. I would, I would think about what I could do. It was just such a huge weight on my shoulders that I knew I wasn't healthy. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I knew that the regular diets weren't it for me because I just gained back whatever it was, or I wouldn't even get started. You know, that was big for me. So, so did you have an aha moment when we were working together, like where the science behind weight loss really started to click for you and all of those pieces I was talking about seemed to fit together? I had two aha moments really big for me. One was at the very beginning when you started talking about insulin and insulin resistance, what it was, what happens when you eat. And the reason that this was such a big aha moment for me is because I would try to trick the other diets and I would stand in a quarter (laughs) or hide myself to eat my candy bar (laughs) or whatever. And I figured if no one saw me, it must be okay. Right. Um, So when I started learning about um, insulin, it was like, no, because it doesn't matter if I'm in a corner or if I'm at a table (laughs) or if I'm by the sink, everything I eat makes that insulin go up. And so what we eat makes it go up a little or makes it go up a lot. Mm-hmm. And that made a big difference in my frame of reference in moving away from trying to get away with something that really, I wasn't getting away from a thing, but I yeah. thought I was. So then my second aha moment was a podcast that you did that was about leptin resistance. Because after so many years of failed diets and failed attempts, um, and gaining weight and losing weight and that kind of thing. I was under strict regimen of this is how you do it. It didn't really matter how I felt. And so all of those leptin hormones that you helped me understand tied into that insulin and insulin resistance, I didn't feel. I didn't know that there was even such a thing as leptin. I didn't know that that's what would make me full or make me feel full Mm -hmm. and would give me that signal to quit eating. And I really had to stay the course until I started to feel that again, because I ate whatever it told me to eat or whatever I wanted to eat when I was on my down days. I mean, those were gorge days. So um, yeah, it was that leptin resistance. I did not feel, I did not feel leptin at all. So, mm-hmm. so just had, really understanding the hormones and how they work together. And like you said, yeah. there's no place to hide, <laughs> which was really big for me. That yeah. was really big, so. My mom always used to say, oh, I'm going to eat this because I'm on vacation. And I'm like, well, your body doesn't know that you're on vacation, mom. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Or, you know, I would think one of the things you taught me was um, even, um, what do you call like not real sugar? Uh, artificial like, sweeteners. Yeah, artificial sweeteners. So even artificial sweeteners raise your insulin. And it was like, wow, there really is nothing that doesn't raise your insulin. It's just how much do you want to raise it? Right. And so I had to rethink about that because there was nowhere to hide. There was nowhere to pour, you know, even three tablespoons of honey on something and consider it um, non-effect, not something that didn't affect me, you know, because it's a choice and, and I might have that but I better be planning for that. So yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. So kind of moving on past the beginning phase, can, and we're going to dig into like what we did because you had about 15 pounds to lose. You, yep. You'd already made some progress. You yep. wanted to be sure you were doing the right thing so it was going to stay off. So can you talk about some of the practical steps that you took to lose the last 15 pounds? Yeah. So I had lost about and gained and lost and gained about uh, 20 pounds in the last, since I retired. So um, to say that I only had 15 pounds to go is pretty good considering that I started with the 20 pounds on top of that. So it's not like I was a slim gym, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I had to figure out a huge why. Why did I want to do this? That was my number one because I knew that if I didn't, um, I, would, I would either give up or I would um, – uh, hide and try to eat those candy bars again. <laughs> so my why was really important to me and I'm kind of a stubborn person. So I literally came up with my why, which is why I started this was to fight that chronic disease to not end up the way my parents ended up. So every single decision throughout the day when it came to food or exercise, I would say to myself, don't forget, this is why you're doing this. And it had to be a big enough why that um, I would then choose that why over yeah. the candy, over the skipping the exercise. It had to be a pretty powerful why. And um, it worked. Every single time I wanted to do something else, I would choose that why. So I also used um, every tool that you put out. Um, to keep me in that mindset. So I bought both of the books that you've used in your program, which are the obesity code and atomic habits. And I used them like they were a research paper. Yeah. So come up with a question of how does this work or what, what is this doing to my body? I would go back and read it and I tab those books. And so that way there was no place to hide again. I knew what was happening. And I, I sometimes would read and reread five times and I watched all of your blogs and I watched all of your videos and everything that you have on your website. I watched several times just to make sure that it was in the frontal lobe and just something that I knew was happening. Again, there's no place to hide. So then I, I learned how to use the carb manager mm -hmm. and I honestly never really felt like it was accountability. That was how I, one of my goals when I started was to learn how to eat um, instead of just what they told me. What yeah. are my choices? That kind of thing. And I used the carb manager to help me determine that. So not only was it accountability, but it was like, oh, if I have this, then that makes it too high. So what can I trade out? And that's when I first learned to start trading foods that had a lower insulin resistance than a higher because I would want to still hit my proteins and my fats in the day. Um, but I had to learn how to keep the carbs down and what could I pick? And that's what, that's what helped me do that was the carb manager. So and then slowly, and I mean ever so slowly, I started to see some success. And of course, success breeds success. Mm -hmm. So the more success that I had, the more I turned to those crutches of research. And that's where I just continued to um, do what you had taught me to do. And 
where to turn when I had questions and that kind of thing. Not saying that you weren't there 100% of the time because you were, but I really owned that this was my issue. This was, this is where I needed to own it and that you weren't going to be there in 10 years. Maybe you will be. I hope I so. I will be. <laughs> but um, these are my decisions and you can't, you told me once, I can't keep you from putting something in your mouth. And I so bought into that because that's exactly why I was hiding in the first place was because uh, if I hid good enough, no one would know if I was putting it in my mouth. And then I realized that, yes, there is a little thing called insulence that does know yes. or insulin that does know that you have put it in your mouth. So, yeah. I love the uh, evolution too. You know, that you, you kind of mentioned at the very beginning, like you are not perfect you, yeah. you try to learn something every single day. And so <laughs> I, I like this because I used to love cliff bars too. So can you, can you tell the listeners the story about how you evolved from eating a cliff bar every afternoon? Yes. So when I started, I thought, Oh, instead of eating my candy bar, I'm going to switch to cliff bars because by then I had learned to trade out. So I was buying Cliff Bars and eating one. And if I was hungry, maybe I'd eat two. And then I started tracking them in Carb Manager. And holy cow, that didn't leave me a whole lot of other things to eat in the day if I ate my Cliff and still stay within my targets. So I knew I was doing something wrong. So that's when you said, well, let's trade that out for the one, um, the, the one bar. So I bought one bars and I did the same thing. Ate one every day. That became what it was. And then I realized by all of that carb manager tracking and everything that I was still really handicapping myself as to what else I could eat in the day because that took up a big chunk of it. And then you told me, you said, why don't you trade out that one bar, save the one bar for when you really can't have a meal, like you're out on the road or whatever, and that becomes part of your meal. And you said, trade that out at home for a handful of almonds and so I put it into the carb manager and it was like oh my gosh look at this and I actually after I did that a few times realized that that kept me more full than um, just eating the one bar or just eating the um, cliff bar and so that's what I was after I was definitely after feeling full and satisfied and yeah. that was my evolution on um, uh, evolution on uh, uh, power bars, I guess you would call. What do you call those things? Cliff bars. Yeah. And it's, uh, you mentioned too, that you, um, before you, that you got to reading food labels and I educate people oh. a lot. Like there's as much sugar in a cliff bar as a Snickers bar. And yeah. so you're like, I traded my candy bar for a cliff bar. And <laughs> yeah. in my head, I'm like, I traded one candy bar for another for candy another. bar. Yeah. yeah. And but then in just, my mind, <laughs> in my mind, a cliff bar was healthier. Yeah, really because it, it's it. good marketing because it yeah. has someone climbing a rock wall on the front yeah, that's right. and it has the word protein on the front, you know, but just because it, it, you have to look at the back of the food too, not just the, not just that's the, right. nice, you know, that marketing. was a stark awakening for me. Yeah. And I know, so you were already doing such a good job exercising, but we definitely honed in on that <laughs> and you're, we're doing this over Zoom, so I can see Kim's face right now, but you can't. <laughs> she gave me that, oh, I don't know how, how well I was doing it exercising. Yeah. But you were exercising regularly. You were, you were yeah. active every single day. But yeah. after working with me 
Um, how did that change? How did your exercise routine change? So I was exercising five to six days a week and I have an elliptical in our basement and that was my exercise. Plus we have dogs that we have to take for walks every day. So I would do the elliptical and I would take our dogs for a walk. And that was my exercise. So after I started with you, um, you suggested that I take, I need to get some weightlifting in. So again, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to add more um, exercise to my day. But you helped me by understanding that if we took two elliptical days out and changed those to weightlifting days, um, it's again, just like the food, it's a trade. So mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily putting in more exercise time, just different. And then um, I do not love going to the gym. I still do not love going to the gym. So you suggested that I buy the Jillian Michaels. Um, uh, yes, yes, ripped in 30 and use that as one of my um, weightlifting days. And I can really feel it when I do it. But then that was another mindset thing that I did was if, if I do that one of my two weightlifting days, then the other one I need to go to the gym. And it worked for me. That, mm -hmm. that mind game was perfect. And then because I walk so much with our dogs, um, I always had achy hips. And so I started to look for another thing that would address those. So I took out my last day or two days of elliptical and I put in a yoga hip openers just to see if we could combat that. And sure enough, the combination of all of it, um, I don't hurt anymore. I feel so much better. And I am a horse person. And I can now lift a saddle up on a horse where before, and this was just three months ago, you would hear me grunting and groaning to get that saddle above my head to put it up on a horse because they're really heavy for me. And the other day I went out and man, that baby just popped right up there. So I was like, wow, those are the little success things that I have to pay attention to that show that it is working because when you see me, I don't have defined muscle or anything like that, but it is making a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I honestly think a lot of people just have that calories in versus calories yeah. out mindset and they, they feel like they need to burn as many calories as possible during their workout. Yep. And on their, yeah. And on their fitness trackers, cardio does that. And it's like, okay, cardio is important, but if you're aging and you want to increase your strength, Cardio is not going to cut it. And if you're aging and you have joint pain, cardio is not going not to cut it. You need to add strength and you need to add flexibility training. And like you said, it's often for some people, it's adding more exercise, but for some people like yourself, it's just kind of tweaking it and changing it so that it's efficient and it works into your lifestyle and it's going to look different for everyone. So just to kind of frame that for everyone listening, this works for Kim, you know, yeah. the, the DVD one day a week, the gym one day a week. But that can look different for everyone. Yeah. And it's the, the, the principles other, that we that I want to share. Yeah. The other big thing that you taught me is the why behind it. And as I move into maintenance, that why of why do I still need to go to the gym mm -hmm. is sticking with me because it really has nothing to do with I'm losing weight. It is what I'm doing to the rest of my body so that I can be strong and healthy in the years that I want later on. And I say that to myself every time I try to talk myself out of going to the gym, <laughs> seriously, because it isn't my favorite thing. 
And I need that why behind it a lot, a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot. And a lot of like women like yourself who they've tried Weight Watchers or the meal replacements that are based on low calorie, we've talked about how that hurts your metabolism because eating less food will slow your metabolism down. But strength training and building muscle by doing it at a high enough intensity and eating enough protein will boost your metabolism. Yeah. And that's going to help you maintain your weight loss. Which sounds great to me. I know. So just kind of teaching the people, you know, teaching the science behind maintaining your weight loss too, I think is important. Yeah. Um, so moving on, I want to dig into your mindset because I, I love your mindset. Um, but this was a tough time when you, when you hit a plateau for five weeks and some people have plateaus for much longer than that. Some, some for shorter, I tell people they are normal, your hormones are adjusting. It's to be expected. But can you give us a little insight into what your mindset was when the scale didn't move for five weeks? Yeah. Isn't that a long time? That was yeah, like, wow. I'm sure it felt like a really so, long time. Well, it did, but it didn't because of where my mind was. And that was key. So mm-hmm. when I started, you had warned me, and I didn't believe you, that <laughs> I might lose a whole bunch of weight right at first, and then it would slow way down. Well, I was like, no, I'm different. It's going to just be gorgeous. And that (laughs) did not happen. That did not happen. (laughs) I lost um, a a little weight. I I, I call it a lot. For me, it was a lot. Um, At the beginning, I'd say in the first month and a half, um, it it was coming off pretty steady. And then about the end of the month and a half or two months in, it came to a screeching halt. I wasn't doing anything different. I was still exercising. I was logging. I was watching what I was eating. It just all stopped. And not only did it stop, but it stopped for five weeks. That scale did not move at all. But again, my why behind this was so that I could combat chronic disease and not end up where my parents were. And so I kept saying that to me several times a day, every time I'd put something in my mouth or go to prepare something, that why had to come back into my head. So I had said, it doesn't matter. I told myself a million times, it doesn't matter what the scale says because really that's secondary in my eye. And my big why was I didn't want cancer. And so I knew that that scale could stay there forever, but I was going to fight cancer. And that was huge for me. And that's why I said at the very beginning, that why has to be bigger than anything that's going to combat um, you because it does. And, and you need to have that big enough that um, whatever you're, you're going through, that big why will pull you through it because it does happen and life happens and you're, that's just the way it is. You're not going to have everything laid out. Like I was so convinced when I started, it's just going to go beautifully because it didn't, it didn't. Right. So, so I want to dig into that a little bit more. Can you walk me through what you were thinking like during that time? Besides I got it. I'm not just beating the weight. I'm beating the cancer. So um, one of the things that I used as my crutch besides the why that was in front of me, that's when I started doing all the research that you had laid out. And I would say to you, um, where do I find that in the book? Where can I go back and read that? And 
I just kept reading it over and over or listening to anything that you had out there because I had to keep it in the front of my mind. And then again, telling myself I was doing this to combat disease, not to lose weight. Because if I leaned on the lose weight, I would have given up. And I knew that I would have given up yep. just like I did in all the other times. So that big why that was so important to me um, just kept coming back. But um, I, I really leaned on the research behind this. And um, in my head, I knew that it would eventually break, but I didn't trust that it would eventually break. So I had to come through and... Um, do my own thing. That's when I started um, reading labels even deeper to think, what could I do to break this? Like I, I read, um, you had said in one of your um, coaching calls or something was uh, start reading labels to see if they're sugar additives. And sure enough, the things that I thought I was really relying on to be healthy food had these tiny little sugar additives that were in there. And I thought, ah. Oh, my insulin is raising because of those sugar additives. So I would, again, not quit eating it. I would just trade it out for one that didn't have sugar additives. And or I like mean, the artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners. Yeah. Or like one of the things that is spaghetti sauce. So mm -hmm. the spaghetti sauce that I was using had sugar in it. And I thought, why does that have sugar in it? Who needs sugar in spaghetti sauce? So then I started reading labels and I found some that doesn't have sugar in it. And I like it just as good. There is nothing different about it. It's still spaghetti sauce. So those are the kind of things that um, I started trading out. And I found a bunch of things like that, that I could trade out. Um, and the quality of life was nothing. I mean, it was all still the same thing. It was spaghetti sauce or it was whatever. Um, like a uh, coffee sweetener or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just traded it out for one that didn't have sugar in it. I like it just as well, you know? So yeah, it was, and then I started, the last thing that you taught me was about the intermittent fasting. And I started um, really watching when I was eating and made sure that I quit eating by seven um, in the evening to seven in the morning. Now we're big popcorn eaters after dinner. Um, and so what I did is I would, um, I would do that once or twice a week instead of every night. Mm -hmm. And again, that big why had to pop into my head when at nine o'clock I wanted to go get a bowl of popcorn. I think, okay, I had some last night. This is a skip night. So mm -hmm. and gradually just grow on that. And now I think I'm lucky if I have popcorn once a month, just because I've realized I'm not hungry. Yep. You know, and that leptin is kicking in. So <laughs> it's a good thing. So, yeah. I think that's a great thing. I'm a big popcorn girl too. And it's honestly, I think a lot of us, we eat stuff because it's a habit, not because yeah, we even like sweet. want it, but yeah. we're just used to having it or it sounds yeah. good in the moment. And we have to kind of remember why we're, why we're not having that late night snack. That's right. That's where um, the science behind what you were teaching me made a difference. Yeah. I and I have to have those self-talks quite a few times. I want people to, this is one of the big takeaway points, in my opinion, from your story. If anybody was going to change through osmosis, it would be you. Like you watched all the videos, you read all the blog posts, you read all of the books, you did all of the research. If anyone was going to change by just absorbing information, it would be you. 
It didn't work like that. <laughs> you don't lose weight through osmosis. You right. have to take action on what you're learning. And I think that I want people to see that you took a lot of action and it took time and it took troubleshooting and it took problem solving and it took that continuous growth and learning and focusing on your why to see the results that you want. So I, I really want to encourage people who are listening. Um, it's not enough to just listen and it's not yeah. enough to watch the videos. You have to take action. Yeah. Um, so I know you hit one more plateau <laughs> that yeah. just drove you nuts. So yeah. three hit, pounds to go, <laughs> three pounds to go. And you're like, it will not come off. Yeah. Um, so I want you to just tell, tell the listeners, how did you finally get those three pounds off? So, yeah, you know, you're so excited to hit that that final goal weight. And again, didn't work through osmosis and I wasn't doing anything different than I had before. <laughs> and so I knew I was doing it right. But then I watched one of your um, coaching calls and you said, well, try keto for four days. I did that at the very end of when you were losing your weight from Dawson. Yeah. And, um, and it seemed to move that scale. I don't, I'm not interested in doing keto long-term. I'm not that kind of an eater. I don't want to be that kind of an eater. And, but I tried it for four days. I, I watched it on Friday and or on Thursday. And then I had it all set up, went and bought groceries, set my meals up. And Monday through Thursday, the next week I did it. And Friday I hit that goal weight. So it knocked those three pounds off. So um, yeah, no, I'm not a keto person. I don't love keto. Um, and I, it was very short term and that's what you had suggested. And that's what worked for me to finally get it off. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great weight loss tool, but I'm with you. It's like, I like food way too much. Yeah. I like that variety. I like my carbs. So yeah, I had the same thing for four days. <laughs> Oh, but so moving into the weight maintenance phase, you were, yeah. you were actually scared about this because you've been here so many times yep. you've lost weight so many times and it's come back on and you were scared. You're like, I've put so much work into this. I don't want it to come back on. And you said something really insightful during one of our coaching calls. Um, you said that you actually liked how you were eating now. Mm -hmm. But you always had this mindset that if you liked what you were eating, you were going to gain weight. So can yeah. you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. So th that is what was wrong with all of those millions of other diets that I tried all the way. I would lose weight on the diet, but the minute I stopped, I gained it right back. Mm -hmm. And so that was my mindset was if I'm working really hard at this when I'm done, even if I've lost weight to where I want to be, the minute I'm there it's going to start coming back on. And that was, that was just from history. That was all that understanding from history of doing this. So one of the things that really helped me understand this was understanding about insulin and what you were teaching me about insulin. And that's where I am right now. I'm on maintenance and um, it is still, I am still learning every day um, what to switch out what to eat and I think about that insulin marker that's just so key to me what what's going to make it go up far or what's going to make it go up a little because everything we put in our mouth you taught us um, is going to make it go up some little mm -hmm. or a lot so I continue to do that um, I'm, I was scared I literally was scared and I remember saying to you um, if I screw up this is where it's going to be I remember yep. saying that, and you gave me some tools 
to feel more in control and put the control back to me, which is what it needed to be. I knew I had to be the one that did this. It wasn't going to be you. And um, that scared me because I had never been successful. I love that saying of like, teach somebody how to fish. Don't just give them fish. And I feel like that's the whole premise of my program is teaching people what to do so that they don't need me. Like I'm, I just become a source of community and accountability, but they know how to troubleshoot their own issues. They know what they need to be doing. And ultimately you're accountable to yourself, you know? So I want to talk a little bit about things that you did, actions that you took to be proactive, um, going into this maintenance phase so that you didn't gain the weight back. Yeah. So what, 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 what are some things you did there? Okay. So this is, I'm also still doing them. So yes, you are. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty powerful. So you told me that, um, one of the things I, I was so afraid I felt powerless and, and that was big for me. And I'm really glad that I shared that with you because you had told me that, um, everything could be reversed just don't wait. So if I gained a pound or two, don't wait until it's five or 10. Mm -hmm. Take care of it right then. And that was big for me because that put the power back on me. So I made a rule that I would weigh myself twice a week. Probably once a week is enough, but I didn't want to wait. And I needed to build into my um, psyche that um, I was in control. So um, if I was above my goal weight, um, I needed to do something about it right then. So I might do keto for a couple of days. I might just lower my carbs for a couple of days. Um, something that I needed to do to take care of it. Um, I know that I'm not crazy about keto. Um, and so what I'm learning to do as this evolves is make it more of how do I do this every day without depending on that scale? And that's where I am right now in trying to um, level out that this is what it feels like. This is what my choices are. And if I do have an exception meal, what do I do the next day right. to make sure that I haven't blown it? And again, I love you. And I think that you are there, but you can't be there for me 24 seven. I mean, you just, as much as you try, these are my choices and I have to learn how to own that. And um, that's big for me because um, these are my choices. This is my life. And my why is in cutting those chronic diseases and that insulin level goes up even if no one's watching. Yep. So um, I have to make sure. So um, I, again, wasn't big on using the weight as my main goal. It's in that cutting the um, uh, chronic disease, but the weight is my measuring stick. And so I then went back and did a little mindset readjustment that even though I want to cut um, that chronic disease likelihood, I have to have some way to measure that I'm on target. And I let myself know that that happened to be my weight and that's my measuring stick. So um, again, the, I combined the two of those goals now into one and it is keep my weight down so um, I can fight that chronic disease. And that, that feels good to me because I'm in control of the weight, which then is in control of the chronic disease. So that has I made love Everything you just said, I love. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, and my exercise. So I haven't changed a thing on exercise. 
I still do my five to six days a week, two days of weightlifting, two days of elliptical, and then depending on if my hips are hurting, one to two days of that hip openers, yoga hip openers. So perfect. Perfect. That's what I want. You know, we shouldn't be using exercise as a means to lose weight. We should be using it as a means to feel good, be strong, stay healthy, reduce pain. So I love that. And you had told me, you had told me in the exercise, 30 to 40 minutes is all you need. That if, if I'm having a rough day and I don't want to do it, that even helps. It's like 30 to 40 minutes, get off your can and go do it. You know, you can do that. So yeah. So that, that has, it has really helped. Good. So like a lot of women that I work with, sometimes the spouse isn't always on board or the spouse has seen them invest a lot of money and time and energy into like we talked about things like Weight Watchers or meal replacement programs that sometimes they're expensive. And so sometimes the spouse might give them some resistance or not be kind of on board with this new lifestyle. So how did your husband react when you told him that you wanted to start something new and work with me? So I am the definition of using a lot of money and, um, investing time and effort into all those old diet fads. Mm -hmm. And so I can't blame him from where he was coming from. He was like, Oh, here we go again. I get that. I really get that. Um, But I didn't ask his permission. We don't have that kind of a relationship. Thank God, because he would have turned me off on this. And um, he told me I was wasting my time and that everything is genetic and that it's all going to be whatever it will be. Well, um, I'm stubborn enough that um, I really got upset because in my history with my parents dying at such young ages, if that were 100% true, I would either be gone or soon to be gone. And I really got upset. And he came around and he said, it's worth it. Do it. Um, I'll support you. And he has supported me. Um, Please know that... um, in his support he has not joined in so my husband um is very much your typical loves fast food um loves your meat potatoes that kind of thing every night and he likes the same thing that he's always had so me trying new recipes was not necessarily something that he wanted to join in on um but he does like certain parts of it so um yeah, so this is, I'm going to read this because it, we came, this took a while. These were huge mindsets between the two of us that we came up with through a lot of discussion. I was relentless that I was not going to quit this, and this was mm-hmm. the way I was going to eat um, because I was fighting that chronic disease, and I want to be around for years to come, and he knew that. The problem was making this blend with how we eat and how um, we together do this. So this is what we came up with. So I make a list of things that I'm willing to make or cook, and I know that they're good for us, and I make that for the week. So I go grocery shop once a week. So he looks at that list of meals, and then he says, okay, I like this idea, I like this idea, I like this idea. And the ones that he likes, I go forward with and I buy the groceries for those. If there's a meal, and there have been some, that he is not interested in, I cross it off the list. And I'm like, okay, we're not gonna have that. Um, We used to eat out a lot. Um, I have learned that if I cook at home and and cook what I should be eating, I get more. 
So um, that way I don't want to eat out as much because I really like a lot of food. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. so we don't eat out as much as we used to, but when we do, it's at a better, healthier restaurant where we can both find something that we want. And um, that works for us. So then um, those nights, we have a night or two every week that I call it on your own. And he goes and either gets his fast food or he gets his what we used to call TV dinners and he brings them home and I, I fix them for him or he fixes them and um, he eats those and then I get what I need. Sometimes it's a shake. Sometimes it's something that he didn't want that I know that I want. Um, and we sit side by side and we eat our dinners and I do not let that get into my head. It's, it's what we both need, what's good for us. Um, we do have a date night once, once a week. And on our date night, we again choose um, a place that both of us can go out and eat and find something good. And I look up before we go, sometimes even before we decide where we're going, um, I look at the menu. I do this all the time. And I find something that appeals to me and something that um, fits within the way I want to eat. And then by the time we go, my head is already wrapped around that meal. And I am so ready for that meal that it doesn't matter what else there is on the menu or it doesn't matter what else there is for him to eat. I am more excited and ready for what I want on that menu. And that has made um, me learn to plan, which for me, that planning has saved me a million times. And I learned the hard way that for me, I have to plan because otherwise I pick something that I will regret later. So... Yep. And can you tell me a little bit about, I know he's joined you at the gym a couple of times. So yes. even if he's not on board with the eating, at yes. least he's gotten a little bit of benefit. Yes. So he has not switched his eating habits one bit. Um, well, I should say he's still, some of those meals that I fix now he likes, um, but he has started going to the gym and he goes to the gym three days a week, three days a week, and he lifts weights. And that is from, um, me sharing the evidence that you have shared with me of why at our age we need that and he's bought into that. So I tell him I'm really excited that he's doing that. It's a first step. Um, I share my thoughts and all my learning of what I learned through this. I'll say, did you know? Yeah. And, then I, and then I start sharing that. And, and uh, you know, his mind is slowly softening. Um, he is very supportive of me and my health goals and what it's going to take me to get there. Um, he, he's, he understands, he understands why I'm doing what I'm doing. So yeah. and his choices are his choices and mine are mine. So I've I love that. Him. You don't yeah. use it. You don't use it as a crutch. I think no. a lot of people are like, well, my husband doesn't like that. And it's like, yeah. um, it's not, it's not his decision. Right. What goes in your mouth. It's your decision. Right. What right. goes in we, your mouth. we had to learn how to make that work for us in our marriage. Yeah. Um, and I don't worry about it. If he eats something different than me, if he goes out every lunch, which he does and eats some different fast food place or something, that's his business. You yeah. know, I'm not his controller. So, um, yeah. And, and like you said, you have to find something that works for you. So every, yes. like every person is different. Every couple is different, but I, what yes. I want people to take from that is you, you really stood behind your decision yeah. to change your lifestyle. And yeah. even in when it wasn't maybe always easy to communicate, you still communicate, you yeah. know, you don't shut down. You don't just say, well, this is my way or the highway. Like you work together and you, yeah. you designed a plan that can work around your lifestyle. 
Right. And, and that kind of works with both of you. Yeah. That why in my head had to be big enough yep. to make this worth it. Yeah. Because, to go through those uncomfortable yes, conversations. Yes. That's yeah. a great point. Um, I think you are such a big motivator for why I always say, keep your eye on your why. Uh, yeah. Because it, I know how powerful it's been for you. Yeah. It's been huge because there are so many excuses and so many times that I could have said, this isn't working for me. It's hard. It's not worth it to me. And I didn't even let myself go there. I, I never let myself go there. I always bumped into the why before that other brain starts working and saying all those excuses and everything. Before any of that happens, you got to get that why in front. I'm fighting chronic disease. I want to live longer than my parents. Right. So. Exactly. And, and I always tell people, if you can't tell me your why in five or 10 seconds, you have work to do. Yeah. Like you just spit out your why. I want to fight chronic disease to live longer than my parents. Yeah. You spit it out so fast and it's kept you on track through the plateaus, yeah. through the hard conversations with your husband, through the times when you don't want to go to the gym, through the times when you want to hide in the corner and eat your candy bar. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's and it, it keeps you on track. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I always tell people like, that's why it's the first step in the program is identify your why. Yeah. And you can't skip that step because that yeah. step will keep you on track when everything else wants to throw you off track. Yes. And that will happen. That's going to happen. It will. And sometimes getting off track is, um, part of life, you know, but, but having a good baseline and a good why can help you get back on track. And another thing I think is interesting. It's uh, when people find me, a lot of times they've already tried everything else. So it's like, well, what's the alternative? What, yeah. what happens if I don't keep going through with this? What happens well, if I don't? My head. Yeah, yeah, that definitely went through my head. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, I Weight Watchers didn't work for me. Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, Octavia, or whatever, whatever else you've tried, yeah. they're out. They don't work. They're not right. sustainable. They crash your metabolism. So I think that that helps when people really have that long-term mindset of like, this is a healthy lifestyle, and I'm yeah. going to learn how to live a healthy lifestyle come hell or high water. So yeah. You really had that kind of gung ho. You, you mentioned a couple of times you're stubborn. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you made it. I am. Yeah. So, any final words of wisdom or nuggets of advice for people who are looking to get healthy? There are two things that I would suggest, and one of them we've talked about a lot, and that is the why. Make sure it's big enough to combat anything that uh, could tempt you from. Uh, being successful in the program because it is going to happen. So your why has to be huge and has to be able to go through anything that's coming your way. It gets easier. um, The more you turn toward that why than um, to be distracted by a bad choice um, because that why will pop into your head and be bigger than the bad choice. Eventually It, it takes a while, but it's there. And the other is to remember that you told me once everything can be reversed. So that gave me power and it gave me choice. So if I am going to a wedding and I want to have a piece of cake, um, I used to be afraid of it. um, But now I know if I have that piece of cake the next morning, reverse it. What am I going to do to fix it? Or if I do gain that a little bit of weight back, take care of it, reverse it. And that's another thing that goes into my head now all the time, especially on maintenance is, um, stay the course, uh, thick and thin, stay the course. And, um, 
reverse, whatever it was, whatever it was, might be you're going out celebrating uh, New Year's Eve with lots of drinks and, and that kind of thing. And, and if I blow it, reverse it. And um, I'm such a fan of those exception meals because celebrating is part of life. And in our culture, food is part of celebrating. So if we don't practice how to move past an exception meal when you're losing weight, and it's such a strict diet protocol while you're losing weight, you will never know how to get back on track after that right. quote-unquote diet is done. Right, and that's where I am right now, learning yep. how to do those kind of things. And um, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I am. So, Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know that you've inspired and motivated a ton of people and this is going to be a super popular episode I'm sure of it so um, I will be in touch with you and I just so appreciate your time and again sharing your story today well thank you you've been amazing for me so life-changing thanks Kim I'll talk to you later okay bye I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did putting it together. Kim put a lot of thought into her answers, and I hope that you received immense value and inspiration and motivation um, wherever you are on your weight loss journey. And here's the deal. If you didn't catch it from her interview, it really does start with your why. And success comes from having the right mindset. So I'd really encourage you to go and download my free audio training called the 5% Mindset. And what that is, is I reviewed and reflected on clients like Kim who have been really successful. And I thought, what are the mindset patterns that all of these people have in common? What makes them the 5% of people who can lose weight and keep it off versus the 95% of people who diet and fail and regain the weight. And so I put the top mindset patterns that I notice in people like Kim into that free audio training. It's a really great place to start if you're thinking about losing weight or it's just kind of nice to give yourself a little refresher and inspiration if you're in the middle of a weight loss journey. Um, Again, if you're in weight maintenance like she is, it's also always a good reminder to think about your why and focus on your mindset. You can download that free audio training at reshapept.com forward slash free audio. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast and left a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever your preferred platform, I would really appreciate that. It helps the podcast get seen by and in turn, help more people. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Next week, we have kind of a fun episode. Last summer, I put together a five-part video series called How to Get Over Your Sugar Addiction, and I trimmed all of the fluff from those five audios, and I put them together in one podcast. So you get all five steps in one podcast, and I'll talk to you a little bit more about the free resource that goes along with that training next week. So I will talk to you then at the same time, same place next week. Bye for now.